0: Alright everyone, welcome to Single Minded Conversations. I'm your host, Jesse Single. I'm a podcaster and uh, writer and author. Check out my book, The Quick Fix. Uh check out my podcast, Block and Reporter, with Katie Herzog. We're about to post a live show we did last week in Denver at a conference. Very fun. We're hoping to do more live events. There's been all sorts of uh logistical challenges on that front. Um Let's just jump right. Uh, I'm relying on you guys today. You guys got to carry the load. You got to ask me questions. You got to make comments, criticize my fashion sense, do whatever you want. But for now, let's start with Neil. Others get in the queue.
1: Um, Hey, so I was discussing drug legalization with my parents the other day. And for reference, I'm libertarian on this issue. I think all drugs should be legalized for adults. It's a bodily autonomy issue. Then, of course, my dad's the Republican. And he's like, no, not even marijuana should be legal. Not even marijuana. And it's like, why? And he's just like, because that's stupid and drugs are bad for you. And that's the depth of his thinking on the issue. Of course, alcohol is bad for you. And he doesn't support alcohol criminalization. So that's about as consistent as expected. Then there's my mom, the Democrat. We have a very diverse household. And she supports weed legalization and psychedelic legalization, but nothing further. And it's like, well, why do you support legalizing the lower class drugs, but not the harder drugs? Are you operating on the principle of bodily bodily autonomy? And then my mom's like, what's bodily autonomy? That's a cool sounding phrase. <laughs> That's literally what she said. Um, so at that point, I just face palm myself to death. No, no. I, of course, explained it to her and we went on to have a conversation about utilitarianism and how I reject consequentialism the vast majority of the time. But my point is the extent to which people haven't logically thought out their positions and just purely rely on intuition is like really depressing to me. And it's not just my parents. Like I've had lots of conversations and like I think like the vast majority of people like I've talked to both in real life and on Twitter often are just operating on intuition. And I was wondering if you, like, is there any stats on this? Or are you also depressed about this? Or is there, like, what are your thoughts on this in general?
0: I mean, I think it's, like, a pretty uh, common human phenomenon that people use different standards of evidence for different, you know, things. Uh, it's unfortunate, but I, I think most people, I mean, no one's really evidence-based. We all have some degree of bias or whatever. And and they, I think this is, like, sort of Jonathan Haidt's work, um, it's like the emotional tail uh, wagging the wet rational dog. So the basic idea is we form our, our opinions for sort of gut impulse reasons, often steeped in like who we hang out with and our social and political ties. And then when asked to defend them, we just sort of make something up. And sometimes it makes sense and sometimes it doesn't, but it I just don't think it's usually the case that we hold the opinions we hold because we've really thought about it deeply and rationally. It's usually, you know, we were raised in a Democratic household or raised in a Republican household or our church uh, friends think this stuff. So I think um, what your parents, your parents approach to this, I don't think is particularly unusual. I think it's very human.
1: Doesn't that bother you though? Like, I feel like it's like deeply upsetting to me, like on a, like just on like a principal level. It's like, like it bothers me when I try to have conversations about this with people.
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, it bothers me, but that's that's the hand we were dealt, and I know that I do it to a certain extent myself, so, and I think there's, a, I don't know, there's ways to like talk people through this stuff and try to change their mind, but it's definitely like a obstacle to thinking clearly and rationally about a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, good luck talking to your parents more about this. It yeah, sounds like that's thanks. an adventure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, Neil. Uh, what's up, Andrew?
2: Hey Jesse, happy Saturday So um, just because you asked for for Topics, I, I am embarrassed To bring this up, but um, Are you ever going to discuss the Mercedes Lackey um, Apology uh, On the podcast uh, It was that science fiction writers of America Thing that came up a couple of weeks back I, I saw you tweet about it
0: Um, This was There's so many different blow ups that I get them Mixed up, what was she accused of doing?
2: So she said colored person instead of oh god at the conference she gets kicked out of the yeah
0: as she's complimenting Delaney and she then she gets kicked out of the conference
2: right and to top it all off the so i i'm deeply embarrassed by this but i i read um sif with twitter just because it it makes me recreationally mad um which i wait you read sorry you
0: read what twitter
2: uh, I, I read the science fiction writers of America. Twitter oh, gotcha. Sifra, just yeah. Because there, is, it's like w- whenever you hear something where it's like, well, who actually, you know, has this, you know, extreme stupid opinion in real life without fail. One of them will have it. Um, so like they, so that entire community rallied around it to, you know, quote unquote, cancel Mercedes lackey. But Samuel Delaney, the person that she was, you know, attempting to compliment when she, you know, Tripped up her words as a seventy-year-old lady is actually like one of these pro-pedophile people. Um,
0: like, oh God! Oh yeah, yeah. I read about this. That's crazy.
2: Yeah, like and it's it's not ambiguous at all. Like it, it, like he he was never a NAMBLA member, but he would repeatedly over the years say that he supported the organization. Um, and then he even has written like an entire book called Hog. Which he admits is like an erotic novel about pedophilia. Um, it, it would be like somebody writing like like a racist fantasy novel about like a white nation, and then saying that they're not like racist. <laughs> but
0: it's like insane. I'm, it, yeah, it's just so. Yeah, this is this controversy's got everything.
2: Oh, I know. And and, and the funny, it's like no one will say anything against him. So actually, I guess I could I could connect this to what um, Neil was saying, like where people are unprincipled because because Samuel Delaney's black and gay, no one in the science fiction writers of America can even perceive that he has done anything wrong, oh my or God. that there's something deeply like they gave him the same award that they gave to Mercedes Lackey, and then canceled her for for flubbing her tongue. Like, but oh, like God. he's literally he's literally written like five thousand word essays about how it should be okay for an adult to have sex with a child.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah, we're probably gonna have to uh, talk about this one. This is so ridiculous. <laughs> Wait, her apologies yeah. on Twitter? or Is it elsewhere?
2: Um, yeah she she apologized for it. Uh, she she apologized on Twitter. He just kind of has ducked it. Like he did an interview a while back where he like admitted to all this stuff, and then, then that's been disappeared from the internet. And just because I'm a crazy person, um, I saved it. I think I sent it to you, um, which also makes me feel like a crazy person. Uh, but, but like he—he—he—he's not hiding this, like his opinion on this.
0: Oh God! <laughs> well, thanks for uh, thanks for the update on that. I gotta right. I gotta look back into it. It was so crazy. I felt yeah. so bad for that one. Uh, Jamile, what's up?
3: Hey Jesse.
0: I- hey man. Yeah.
3: I had-
0: a couple of weeks off the show and they you know, haven't heard
3: about Nambla or drugs for like weeks.
0: <laughs> I'm having a little trouble hearing you. Are you on speaker or something? Uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, yeah.
3: can
0: you hear me better now? Not really. Um, anything else you can do?
3: Uh, yeah, I'll take another shot at it and come back.
0: Alright, fill up. What's up? Thank you. Your your mic is very low. Is there? Do you know if there's any way to fix it? I, the um, the Celtics thing was disappointing, but they were uh, such a worse team than the Warriors. It was so obvious by the end of the series. It was like hard to feel that bad about it. I can't, and I wish. I don't know if this is a call in thing. Uh, can you just try to sort of yell into the mic? Yeah, barely. I'll I'll try to normalize it before I post it. But let's see if we can do this. Yeah, I mean, um, not to get too deep in the sports talk, but yes, I'm very excited about the Celtics. I think they're they're in a really good shape to make numerous runs, and I hope they win one. Uh, I think their weaknesses were very exposed. Like, they have a thin bench, they need another guy, especially someone who can come off the bench and just handle the ball and, and attack defenses. The, the bench just melted into a puddle. Uh, and the Patriots, yeah, I, I, I'm excited about Mac Jones. I do think we're... Facing a steep climb just because like Buffalo is so good and Joshua Allen is like a demigod. He's insanely good. So a lot to be excited about in Boston sports, but mostly I'm just looking forward to taking the next few months and a uh, couple months and not caring about sports at all because there was, I had like a weirdly intense relationship <laughs> with this Celtics team and the the playoffs like actually emotionally exhausted me, which is very embarrassing because I'm a, an adult man. it just like, I spend so much time watching the team and reading the analysis and listening to the podcast. I'm just ready to not do any sports for a while. I might have lost him. Uh, Neil, I'm going to bump you to the back of the queue just because you already went on, but um, I'll, I'll take another question from you uh, when you're back up. Hey, what is up?
4: Hey, Jesse. Uh, just wondering if you've been paying much attention to the January 6th committee hearing stuff and whether your opinion has changed at all from shortly afterwards when yourself and Katie didn't seem to think it was as big a deal as you know many people thought it was or some people were making it out to be.
0: I, so... I haven't been paying close attention. my sense is like the the as more and more evidence comes in, Trump's involvement only sort of deepens in a sense, right?
4: yeah, like I think it's fair to say like he had a good idea about uh what would happen like with you know, with his invitation for them all to go down to the Capitol, and he was going to be there with them in spirit and everything. And, like, I think with everything that we know now going on in the background, it's fair to say, like, he he thought that, that like, that they would go down and do what they did, I think, like. Yeah. I, um...
0: My argument was never, like... It. So, look, it it was a horrible event. It was, like, a insane event. My argument was... And maybe this is just from being on Twitter too much. My argument was more against people who thought that, like this posed an actual threat to american democracy that there was actually almost a coup i also think people ignore the fact that like a lot of the folks who quote unquote breached the capitol walked in and wandered around and then left when cops showed up and there was it's just i don't know there's like there there's Throughout history, all sorts of government buildings have been invaded, and there's been all sorts of political violence. So this was horrible, especially the stuff outside where they're like fighting the Capitol police, which which I think was genuinely traumatic. I just it it wasn't like close to America falling, and I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm slicing the salami too thin here. I I think Trump's role in it was horrible. Uh, I think Trump's role in everything is horrible. He literally tried to steal an election. Um, so I could be miscalibrated on this.
4: Yeah, just one last thing I'd say, like, with regards to how close it was to being a coup. I do think, like, it's fairly clear at this stage now that if Mike Pence was more of a toady and, like, had just acquiesced, that, like, there would have been a massive constitutional crisis, like, and it would have been very uncharted territory, and, like, who knows what would happen. Like, the whole January 6th invasion of the Capitol mightn't have happened if he had done that, like, but something else would have happened, and who knows what would happen.
0: It's scary to think about. Like, I still think. Some journalists are paying attention to this, but the attempts to like get Trump toadies into these state level like election board positions and stuff like that is so bad and and this situation would have been so much worse if if pence had not um you know i 'm not a pence fan, I disagree a lot with him a lot politically, but he did have show some integrity here and uh yeah, this whole thing i i 've said this before, but i 'm like incredibly worried about the next time there's a close presidential election, which could easily be. Two years from now, uh, or two and a half. So, uh, yeah, a lot to be worried about.
4: All right. Good. Uh, good luck. Cheers.
0: Thanks, Neil. Welcome back.
1: Hey. So, speaking of Trump, I saw my aunt this morning, and she's like a big, big Trump guy, big Trump fan. So, I was curious what she thought of DeSantis, and like, you know, how that would play out. And then she was like, "No, no, definitely only, only Trump." You know, if he, and she was like, oh, you know, if if these sham, you know, a January six things somehow disqualify him, then she vote DeSantis, but otherwise Trump all the way. Or no, and then she was like, oh, maybe Trump Jr. And I was just, I was just laughing. Um, but that was really interesting to me because I know there's a lot of polling on this, unlike some of the other things I've asked about. But then when I talk to like my dad or like even Matt Walsh, is like, no, DeSantis is obviously the better, you know, choice. I think it's, I don't know, it's interesting to think about because um, I think, see, I think DeSantis could primary Trump. But I don't think he will necessarily. I don't know. I'm uh, Some of the things recently, maybe he will. But we'll see. But but I think it's interesting. I don't know if you had thoughts on that.
0: No, I mean, my only thought is just I still think – I know Trump is seen as like somewhat weakened in some quarters. I just I, – I really think if he runs, he's going to win. I mean maybe DeSantis is just like an incredibly gifted politician and banging these culture war drums and doing the whole anti-woke thing will work. Um, but I just – I think Trump is so far ahead of him in terms of sort of recognition and this cult of personality around him. But on the other hand, like some, some candidates supported by Trump have lost and maybe the glow has faded a little bit, but um, yeah, I can't believe we're like, Jesus at this time next year, we're like really going to be in the president. Well, I basically, I don't want there to be another presidential campaign. I think we should just switch to another system of government from democracy. I'm sick of the shit. So I'm going to leave it <laughs> to you, Neil, to come up to, with what system we should switch to. Ideally, it would be a system where podcasters have all the power. A, a podcart, a podcastarchy. Pod podcart key. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Cool. Uh, Jamile, welcome back.
3: All right. Um, can you hear me now? Yep. Excellent. Sorry for Ben frantically uh, playing around with Bluetooth headphones and settings and restarting the app, and I've just completely forgotten what questions I had for you, man.
0: Oh, okay. Do you remember what category they were? It was really good, too. It was, it was uh, an amazing controversy. About... Question no, rather. this
3: was a whole new subject. This was about uh, Bob Garfield.
0: Oh, the, uh, yeah. God, talking about, like, uh I... I... I hope more details come out about that one. I don't know all the details. I just think that was like one of the most ridiculous ones. He's accused of bullying as like younger staffers at his station are just like terrorizing him. It's it's so ridiculous. He uh,
3: released his final podcast. It's like uh, three hours long, man. And they can't figure out if it's any good.
0: That's insane. He, uh, he calls yep. it his uh, radio obituary. Oh, wait. He's giving up his show? The bully pulpit or whatever?
3: Uh, Check out the last episode, yeah. He uh, leaves your impression it's the last one.
0: Oh, God, that sucks, man. Three hours,
3: yeah.
0: It feels like yesterday I regularly uh, like listened to On the Media and actually liked it and now, why would I ever, I would only listen to it to like criticize it. It's just so bad.
3: It's just, yeah, all all the stuff we grew up with, institutions we grew up with, you know, New York
0: Times, journalism, the Utah Jazz. (laughs) Right, all the most important uh, American institutions, including the Utah Jazz. Uh,
3: I
1: grew up in the 90s in Salt Lake, man. Uh, I swear to God, until I was 27, I thought the Golden State Warriors were a a college team, man. I thought they were NCAA. (laughs) Uh,
0: Cool. Well, uh, thank you, Jabal. All
1: right, thanks, (laughs) time.
0: And if you remember your questions, feel free to uh, jump back in. (laughs) Philip, what's up?
3: Hello, yes, Jesse. I was calling your boss. Who had um, said that Mae had owed some credit to feminists such as herself, and others for, I guess, blowing the whistle on the issue.
0: I thought that? this was. I think it was about Chris uh, Rufo, not uh, Matt Walsh. I, I could be wrong. wrong. Matt yeah. Walsh,
3: I was looking at, I could see something organic,
0: something I would just figure they would just be opposed to naturally. If they yeah, I, I I don't um, i, I'm not, I've, we, I mean, let me we argued about it on the podcast. I've never really understood this like. Chris Rufo would have been in favor of ten-year-olds get to pick their gender. Uh, if not, if not for second-wave feminists who've criticized aspects of transgender, I've just I've never really understood it, and it, it just seems like this element. It's almost like there were these weird tweets back in the day, pretty common, that was like, "Black women warned you about Donald Trump, you didn't listen," and I was just like, "I what like." White people didn't under white liberals hated Trump. It's just this weird thing. It's like, no, this group is what pointed out this thing that's actually pretty obvious. Because I think, um, you know, the the critiques of certain aspects of this stuff are pretty obvious. I'm not sure they rely on having read second wave feminism or like Janice Raymond or whoever the uh, boogeyman of 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 some trans activists are. So I found that pretty confusing, to be honest. I don't really understand. I think there's a million reasons to critique Rufo. I didn't quite understand this, and I still don't. I mean, they might do it in like an opportunistic way, like a lot of like it's like a lot of. I think the sports discussion is complicated, but clearly there's conservatives latching onto it who don't actually care about women's sports, but they this lets them, you know, be a part of the conversation. Yeah, I think it's um it it it's very complicated. I think the only thing that I know I know is that um the like no restrictions at all thing that some state high schools have done. I just think doesn't. Work it just because at this point you're really just straightforwardly having males compete with females, which until five seconds ago we would uh recognize to be unfair. But um anyway, thank you for the call. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Seems like that, is that true? Yeah, people care much more about that because there's a rightly or wrongly a perception that um, you know women should have truly single sex spaces, and you know I've always said like I think most of the time. um you can totally just respect someone's gender identity and let that be the end of the story. I just think there's some exceptions that we clearly need to talk about, especially as this these ideas spread further. So yeah, that, that's my stance. I, I, I just think the female to male thing is less of an issue because I just don't think men have ever like had to fear anything from having female people in their spaces. So I think it's a little bit different. So-called. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you for the call, Phil. Justin, what is that?
5: Uh, hopefully, I'm coming through okay this time.
0: Yep, we, it's fine now. Yeah.
5: Okay, thank you. Um, uh, I think I should understand from that last call that you do not believe Stonewall was about black trans bodies.
0: <laughs> no, I, I yeah, I tweeted about this because I got I'm still on the list for I think Planned Parenthood of Greater New York, and they they just it's just I find it so weird and religious that they recite the lie that the first brick was thrown by. I think they added another name I wasn't as familiar with. I guess two two trans women now through the first brick. Maybe they were both holding the brick at the same. It's just it's so it's it's just what we've always accused conservatives of doing, which is just sort of gleefully spreading misinformation just cuz it like tickles your politics and I I find it again religious. So, yeah. Yeah.
5: Uh I would say yeah, a lot of muddying of the waters on that kind of stuff like just for what it can be nothing more than propaganda points. It has no real, you know, value in the conference. Anyways, that's yeah. not exactly why that was just a quip. Um I do have like a question for you. You might be able to point me to a source on this that I could actually follow, but um I've seen like this evolution of the way that um basically transgenderism is considered. Um, You know, there was a time when there were like transvestites and transsexuals, and that was, you know, seen as, uh, to use a very outdated term, like some kind of deviancy or just some fetishism. Um, and then we started to get a lot more talk about, you know, body dysmorphia as like a medical thing that was, you know, didn't necessarily have to do only with gender, but did seem to come up a lot more around gender. And now there's, Kind of just, this is about a person's identity and just how they want to refer to themselves or be perceived in society or or think that they want to be perceived themselves. And a lot of these just seem mutually exclusive in terms of their ideology and how they should be treated by society and medicine. And I'm curious if, if you have anything that can kind of like untangle some of this web for me, because... Um, I I just can't get into the gender ideology framework of things uh, because it seems so inconsistent with everything that has come before about how we thought about this specific topic.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, it seems like the mainstream understanding is just like people are what they say they are, and that's all there is to it, and there's no like requirements. And if you see the way the term transgender is defined on Websites like Planned Parenthood, it's in such a vague way that, like, I could be trans because I I disagree with, like, certain gender roles or I don't feel comfortable with them. And I think the reasoning behind that is, like, for less gatekeeping because, like, within the LGBT community, there's sometimes a little bit of, like, oh, you're not really that. You're not really one of us. And for, I guess, understandable reasons, they they don't want that to happen. It it makes it a little bit philosophically different. Like, to go from... The idea that there's like a requirement to be seen as trans is some sort of distress or dysphoria to like anyone can be anything for any reason, and I think it's silly to pretend that that doesn't change some of the logic surrounding what like the right rules and laws should be. But people don't want to talk about it. I mean, even just like the new. The regular new polling coming out showing that whatever percentage of young people identify as trans like that means a million different things in some cases it's literally just like a male kid who puts on eyeliner and it's like well i'm I'm trans now which is is just like you're saying it's very different from the traditional understanding it won't require medical care it doesn't probably put you as at much risk as someone who's like really presenting as the other gender, so there's like all these different situations that are getting lumped together, and I think it makes for a pretty um, superficial conversation about what you know what the right policy should be. Uh,
5: yeah, um, specifically, I wonder like um, around the medicalization part. Um, a lot of people it's like, if you just want to opt in, you're trans. If you say you're trans, that, that doesn't come with a lot of you know the baggage of like you're saying, uh, you know, risk for self harm, for example. Or, or, you know, just, you know, having it become a disorder where it's affecting the way you got to live your life. Uh, And at the same time, there's there's the push away from, hey, don't consider this to be just people who have something, quote unquote, wrong with them. Uh, But also, we need to be able to keep it medicalized so that insurance can pay for our surgeries that we need to change our bodies to match with socially expected gender norms and, like, as soon as you just try to follow the through line on any of this, I immediately start to get lost in 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 something that doesn't really add up. Um,
0: I mean, I think it's, like, almost part of the point is to have it not make sense. And, like, there's this, like, playful approach where part of the goal is to just get people to publicly proclaim they support trans people. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, like, there's not – it's very much not – uh, the version of like gender identity ideology I've been exposed to doesn't really seem built to like debate or unpack. A lot of it seems pretty circular and incoherent, which is why I'm not sure it's the most useful way for people to. I'm sure it works for some people, but I'm not sure it's the most useful way for people to make sense of their lives or to figure out what the best policy should be.
5: Right. Um. So, so again, I want to put the the original question back on you. Do Do you know of a of a place that can like lay this out as clean as possible for? a non-adherent, let's say?
0: Um, you know, I'm not sure. There's a couple books coming out from philosophers, uh, one by Holly Lawford-Smith. It's like, I think it's just like gender-critical feminism. I think that's what it's called. Uh, I guess coming out from Oxford University books. I don't know how technical it'll be. Uh, there's another one. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it, but like another professor who's written about this stuff is writing a book just trying to, that's the one you that might be most interesting. It's um he's just trying to sort of untangle sex and gender and make an argument about what these terms should be. And then there's a let me find the name of it. I just started this book. Um maybe check out Rogers Rogers Brubaker, uh he's a sociologist at UCLA. And he wrote a book called Trans in 2016, like before this was a super hot issue. I just started reading it, so I can't like recommend it. But I think his, his is the, maybe the closest to what you're looking for. So you could look for that.
5: Uh, great. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate those recommendations. You, you're the man with the sources. Uh, thanks I'm, a lot, dude.
0: Happy to help, Justin. All right. Eli, I don't think you've talked yet. So let's jump to you. Um,
3: hi. Hello. Can
0: you hear me? Yeah, there's a little bit of that. Ba- oh, let's try talking again. Hi, hello. Yep. It works now, yep.
3: Yeah, um, I, I, um, I have a, a, a comment and a question. Uh, I'm from Israel, and uh, the non-binary pronouns have reached us, and the thing that makes it very amusing is that in Hebrew, the second person is gendered, which means that when you speak to a person, and they're non-binary, you... you one second, I have to move to another room. Uh, you have to address them in the plural... Uh, in the second person, uh, which means that. Like, you, have you, to like you
0: all, basically?
3: Them. Yes, it's a yes, except uh, all the verbs change and you have to do it. Uh, every, you have to think about someone's pronouns every time you speak to them, every time you address them. And uh, it's kind of interesting. And, and the kid who is non binary, he's 13, he also assumed this new Anglo Saxon name, Sam. Uh, so it's interesting how uh, people, this um, Americanization, goes on. The people take on this American-sounding name and take on this uh, pronouns. And in Hebrew, there is no singular they, so it's entirely foreign. Um,
0: and Interesting.
3: Yes, and also they're called... The, a, a, a newspaper ran a piece about this and they don't know how to deal with this, so they called the child children because <laughs> they thought it's a plural, so it must be plural. So they said they are the children of... Uh, and it's it's very, very funny. Uh, that's weird. It is. And um, my question was, it's something that I never quite understood, is if someone's on puberty blockers when they're 12 and they stop at 16 or 17, does everything proceed quote unquote as normal? Because I, I, I never got, I, ne- I can never find an answer for how long you can pause puberty and just have it happen
0: uh you're definitely risking long term damage if you're on for an extended period of time uh you should you know ideally you'll have like be working closely with an endocrinologist and uh God my brain is so broken who are the guys, uh who are the ones who work with bones like bone health doctors osteo um, yeah it is, no it is endocrin yeah
3: um endocrinologists well, also work with bone density.
0: Okay. Then, well, I had no idea. Uh, yeah. So you need like a multi, a a real team. Um, do if you're on puberty blockers for a long length of time, and I think for the most part, your natural puberty restarts, I think there's a lot we don't know. Obviously the previous use case was that, you know, it was kids with precocious puberty who would then, uh, go on to just their normal natal sex puberty. I, I so I'm not sure. I think there's much more questions about the use case where you then take exogenous cross sex hormones because we just have we don't really know how that works. It's also like the data we have on that comes mostly from like clinics where I think there's a pretty big difference between putting kids on blockers at 12, which is what this pioneering Dutch clinic did. That was the age range at the time versus like really at the first hints of puberty, which could sometimes be mm-hmm. like 9 or 10 or 11. Um, So, yeah, I think we know we just don't know a lot about this. And I find it disingenuous when people say, like, well, we've been using puberty blockers for a long time. We know they're safe because that's usually referencing a totally different use case. Um, So I didn't really answer Mm -hmm. your question because I don't know for sure because I haven't looked as much into cases where people stop taking them and don't go on cross-sex hormones because most people who go on puberty blockers do. But um, I, I think for the most part, it's just supposed to be perceived as normal.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just uh, and unrelated. Um, did you see this reporting in the Times about the Tavistock Clinic? And
0: uh... yeah, there was a, a a girl who said that she'd got in very poor care there. Um, that and mm-hmm. this had to do with puberty blockers. And yeah, unfortunately, there's going to be more stories like this because I think this is not a careful area of medicine. I think even in some of the top clinics, it's just like little bit of a wild west thing has set in
3: yeah and just last thing i want to say it's about the sex and gender thing i think in a certain sense um sex was never really separate from gender i can think like when people change their sex they don't just normally they also change their gender so it it is in a way bound up
0: they're very connected Um,
3: yeah and even so and and of course when you talk about the language like sex assigned at birth which is I mean what is a sound is gender, not sex. Yeah. Um and so it's the language is kind of is kind of confused uh there. So yeah, uh thank you. That's uh that's a good answer.
0: Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Eli. Um, all right guys, I think I'm gonna have to wrap it up there for now. I'll be back next week. Um as always, thank you so much for tuning in and yeah, definitely check out the live show on blockremporter.org when we post it and If you like this show, if you like what I'm doing, please tell other people about it. And, yeah, I'll be back next week with always a lot more to talk about. And I'll be a (laughs) little more structured and organized, too. But this was really good. Thank you guys for carrying the load here. And you had so many good questions and comments. Have a good rest of your weekend. Happy Juneteenth, by the way. Bye.